1: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Darnold. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff. Oh, you know and <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
0: From the PlayLikeAJet.com Digital Studios This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter At PlayLikeAJet1 And before we get into our next installment In the offseason roundtable Some breaking news As the Jets did what everybody Expected them to do And franchise tagged Marcus May May is going to turn 28 tomorrow So I guess this is a birthday present Or not a birthday present, depending on who you ask If you ask his agent, he probably doesn't think this is a very happy birthday, but depending on who you ask, the franchise tag is somewhere between 10.5 and 11.2 million. Over the cap had it at $11.2 million, and I think there were some other outlets that said $10.5 million. But either way, I would consider it a happy birthday if somebody was promising me $11 million for the 2021 season. We'll see if they work out a long-term deal. The last time the Jets used a franchise tag, it was on Muhammad Wilkerson in 2016. I hope it works out better than that because, as we remember, the Jets did work out a long-term deal with Wilkerson not long after the tag was applied, and his career promptly fell off a cliff. So let's hope that that doesn't happen for Marcus May. Some injury concerns with May over the years. If you'll recall, he did miss 10 games in his second season, 2018. However, in 2019, he did play a full 16 games. After he started on the pup list at training camp that year, and there was concern he wasn't going to be able to start the season, he did. And then he played 16 games this past year, switched positions to strong safety for a little while because they wanted to try him out there. Clearly, he's better at free safety, and I assume that's where he'll stay. His agent, probably not all that happy that he's not getting a long-term deal, but for now, Marcus May will stay in the fold. This has been expected for weeks, perhaps even months, so the Jets keep one of their best players in tow. Smart move for a team that has plenty of salary cap space and a dearth of talented players on the roster. So we'll talk more about this over the next couple of shows, but for now I want to get into the offseason roundtable to talk about the rest of the roster, what the Jets should do going forward, and what they've done over the last couple of weeks and months as the offseason began. And so we welcome in a return guest, he is a producer, a rapper, and most importantly, the guy who provided the outro music for both Play Like a Jet and Badlands. I think you should put that at the top of your resume, personally. He is on cue. OC, welcome back to the show, buddy. What's going on, man? A lot going on with the Jets, and I know there's one specific topic that's been taking up a lot of your Jets' time, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, let's reflect on the Adam Gay era. I know it was painful, but is there anything positive you can take away from it?
1: Uh, he gave us Joe Douglas, but, you know, it, that's still almost TBD, to be honest. I mean, right now it looks amazing. It looks like we can actually trust our GM. Anything is an upgrade over McCagnin. So that is good. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it's. I just wanted to real briefly say every time I'm listening to the podcast, like Play Like a Jet and in, in Connor and Joe's, I I Always forget 3 a.m. comes on at the end. And I'm like, (laughs) wait, what the hell? You know, like I always forget because like I'm I'm a fan. I'm just listening to podcasts because I need my jet stuff, you know? So it's funny. (laughs) Well, it goes perfectly
0: with the end, and it's funny because when I was looking for outro music for play like a jet and for Badlands as well when we were first getting that started with Connor and Joe. Joe said to me, We need some good music and I need something that's not going to get me sued. So I said, Okay, I know exactly who to talk to. Let me text on Q and see if he's okay <laughs> with us using some of his stuff. And I said, Oh, C, are you cool with us using it? And you said, Yeah, of course, man. Use whatever you want. So I went through your songs and 3 a.m. was perfect for the outro. I love it. I think it fits beautifully with the end of the show. The tone is so right for the conclusion of a podcast. I think so. I'm really glad
1: that we're able to Especially use that. About the Jets, it's yeah, so, right. Kind it of sad, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, just to just to get back to your question, I mean, w- with Gase, you know, obviously we got Joe Douglas out of it, but I will say, you know, I was I was telling someone this recently, just when this whole season came to a close, I remember seeing the news breaking that we hired Gase, and I said, Sam Darnold is ruined. I said it in my head. I just knew it right away, like instantaneously. It was a really bad day. I was depressed. I think a lot
0: of us were trying to talk ourselves into it at the time. I remember saying, well, if nothing else, maybe Gase will be okay for Darnold. I don't think he did a very good job as head coach. I was infuriated at the hire because I remember what had happened in Miami and Travis Wingfield, who now actually works for the Dolphins, but at the time... Was doing Locked on Dolphins, somebody I would talk to a lot And boy, the stuff I'd hear about Gase Which ended up being completely true, by the way I was not happy to hear And certainly when his name popped up I figured, oh, they're just kicking the tires I didn't expect them to actually hire him I also didn't expect the Jets to hire Robert Sala To be honest with you, OC And it's not because I didn't think Sala was a worthy candidate Quite the contrary, I thought he was going to Detroit. I thought it was a lock. Everybody was talking about it. In fact, the city council drafted a resolution to get the Lions to hire the guy because he's from there, born and bred. And so I thought, no question, that's where he's going. He wasn't somebody that was tied to the Jets. And sure enough, he ends up being the first one they bring back. They apparently were very impressed. Joe Douglas and Robert Sala meshed well. And Robert Sala ends up being the new head coach of the Jets. Where are you at with him right now? How do you like the hiring?
1: I uh, I, I I love it. Um, frankly, I kind of, you know, it was kind of like almost like Darnold coming out of the draft, right? Like I heard all the Detroit talk, you know, and that was what I kept hearing about Robert Sala. But what really sold me on him was, I think, an interview he did with Schefter. And it was just like, it was different. You know, it, they talk about bringing in a culture guy. And sometimes you just kind of think that's just like smoke. It's like, it's nothing, you know, and with bringing in Todd Bowles, like he was this amazing defensive coordinator as he just proved in, in Tampa this past weekend. And with Robert, Sol- it, it feels like it feels like I would genuinely appreciate this guy in my life. And I think that would go a long way with, you know, players that are in their 20s. You know what I mean? Like someone to really le- be on a level with you, but not necessarily too buddy-buddy like Rex Ryan. And obviously, I'm really impressed about the staff he's brought along, like Mike LaFleur. And um, th- I mean, that's, that's everything. You know, I-, I feel like it's been said a million times, but I don't think Jets fans have had this much confidence you know, on the offensive side of the ball, at least schematically since I can remember in the last 10 years, you know? Um, So there's really not much to hate about it. And honestly, I have a good feeling about it. I know it's bizarre to be an optimistic Jets fan, but I have a really good feeling about it. If anybody cares about my gut feelings. Where are your gut feelings on Joe Douglas? I tend to always skew optimistic Uh, he definitely, obviously free agency last year, letting Robbie walk was a little kind of like, all right, cool. You're trying to, you know, play hardball, but I feel like we have a good one. And I think honestly, what kind of really confirmed it for me was his coaching hiring cycle. Like it's been stated, but he didn't really hire a friend. He didn't go get Doug Peterson. He didn't even bat an eyelash. Yeah, I think, I think he's a guy who really wants to do really well in this league. And he's not doing the buddy-buddy thing like Bowles did with his staff or McCagnon did with his staff. Um, it kind of just seems like he really wants to do this right. And, and and I would imagine the proof's in the pudding considering who he's come up underneath, you know? So I, I, I have a great feeling. I, I, I don't know if I've been this optimistic as a Jets fan in the longest time.
0: Believe me, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like I get sucked in every time I get optimistic and then the air comes (laughs) out of the balloon. I'm hoping it doesn't happen this time. And if it's not going to happen, it's going to be because they get this right at quarterback first and foremost. They have a big decision to make. There are three doors they could open potentially. The first one is the Deshaun Watson door. If he becomes available Do they go after him hard and potentially surrender a ton of assets to get him? Do they draft a new quarterback at number two, Zach Wilson perhaps, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or do they go with what's behind door number three, which is Sam Darnold? Keep him, build around him, try to build him back up. What do you think? What would your preference be for the Jets quarterback position this offseason?
1: Preference would be Deshaun for, like, four first-rounders or less, preferably. Not saying I wouldn't be able to be willing to give up five. I'm just saying I think four would be an easy pill to swallow. Um, That would be number one. I don't think number three has been on the table since the coaching hiring process. I think word coming out from Schefter is incorrect. I think they're trying to drive up the – rice understandably so and going back to whether or not joe douglas is halfway decent at his job that's what he should be doing um otherwise that's just like nonsensical um but my gut i feel like is gonna happen is probably zach wilson at two only because houston is just way too much of a wild card i wouldn't be surprised if they traded him to like a in-division rival for like a first round draft pick
0: at this <laughs> point
1: you know like you just don't know what's going to happen now I think if it was a slightly more normal franchise I think I would actually say mm, we'll probably end up with Deshaun just because it's natural we have the most capital uh the two pick is better than the three pick and and frankly all of Miami's offseason moves seems as if they're you know getting behind Tua um never mind the two and three pick again we have the most draft capital capital excuse me for the next you know two years um what i see a lot of people talking about is people are forgetting there's like a max limit you can give of future first round draft picks which puts us frankly in the driver's seat as long as he's willing to waive his no trade clause which it seems like everyone is saying he would be willing to come to the jets if that's what it is then he'd be a jet but uh frankly i i think houston is just gonna botch this terribly Let's hope so,
0: because if they botch it terribly, that might work out in the Jets' favor, which is something that we haven't seen a lot lately, something major working out in the Jets' favor, although they did trade Jamal Adams for two firsts and a third, that's looking pretty good so far. This offseason now, they get to try and build on that. As you said, the most draft picks, a ton of money, so they go into free agency with a lot to spend, some holes to fill, but some really good players out there. And this is a weird year, OC, because the way the cap works, it's coming down, and a lot of teams are going to have to find ways to clear cap space, so they're not going to have the kind of money to spend that they would in a normal year. And a lot of players are going to find themselves with fewer suitors than they would in most every other year, the Jets could be at the front of the line for a lot of the top-tier guys. Any positions or any particular players that you think the Jets should go after hard?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to we have to fix the interior line for sure. So whether it's Tooney or Thune or however you say it, or Brandon Scherf. It seems to be like the consistent, you know, probably the best two interior guys on the market. We have to get one of them at this point. Um, we just need to lock it down. Obviously, again, we we have like the second most cap space, maybe even the most with the, the obvious cuts that are coming. Um, we need to lock one of them in. That is first and foremost. Um, I know there's a lot of fans that want to get an edge, and obviously we need to focus on the corner situation because it's – you know, it's just a whole bunch of super young guys. The fact of the matter is, whether we're getting Deshaun or whether we're getting Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, we need to lock in the O line. And then, secondly, just due to what you're talking about this this weird, bizarre kind of year, mid pandemic with the you know the cap shrinking, get you know. I don't know about an Allen Robinson, but try to get a, you know, Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin, you know, if he becomes available. Because um, we just we need to do whoever is the next quarterback. We need to do right by them. Obviously, we didn't do a Darnold, um, but we're in a we're in a really amazing rare position with the cap shrinking to what it is. And obviously, you know, everything you just said, we need to take advantage of it. And whether that's like more short-term deals, um, Joe doesn't seem to be like the biggest spender, at least not his first free agency class. That's what we have to do. So, you know, and probably give a college try on the edge, give a college try on the corners, get, we don't have to get the biggest name on the market, but I think we need to, you know, just solidify those positions at least so we're passable. You know, and lock up the offensive side of the ball, at least protection-wise, and kind of give them stronger target, whoever our quarterback is.
0: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
1: OC, free
0: agency is the first step. And then after that, you get to the draft. And the Jets have a lot of draft picks. And some really high ones, including number two overall, but they've got two first round picks, number two, number twenty-three, and then number thirty-four in the second round is basically like a late first rounder. Then they've got two picks in the third, so a ton of draft capital. Any players or any positions you'd like to see them attack aggressively in the draft?
1: I again, as we were talking pre (laughs) pre pod, I've been wrapped up in this the Sean. Hopla drama so I'm I'm a little rusty on the later rounds as I was last year right but I kind of knew going in we're definitely obviously gonna have Darnold so I was like okay we need to obviously get an old lineman stuff like that but um, in in terms of the quarterback situation let's say we don't get Deshaun and I think it's a foregone conclusion Sam is gone I I really do like Zach Wilson Um, there is something magical about watching that kid play it's it's kind of indescribable the way the ball comes out of his hands um I I like Justin Fields too the uh the processing speed is kind of scaring me I know some people are kind of being like well it's the Ohio State system I just being a Jets fan with Darnold this past year I want to stay away from all processing issues um, Cause that's his biggest thing, especially this year. Um, but I do, I definitely want to take an earlier swing at wide receiver this year. If we, if we don't, you know, sign a Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin in free agency, that is for sure. And then, you know, the, the areas of need, we need to take shots at edge, corner, wide receiver, and I guess we have to probably address running backs, hopefully somewhere in the second or third um th- this is a team with a lot of holes and that's why i was kind of saying that whole you know i don't know about five first round draft picks i guess i would do it because i love deshaun but yeah we we have a lot of holes but i'm a little i'm a little lacking on my uh my mid to late round draft pick knowledge as of late uh sometimes it be's that way <laughs> <laughs> well
0: the best way to avoid holes is is to not have them in the first place Brian Poole, yeah. the slot corner Is going to be available in free agency Rashad Perriman, who is here in a one-year contract He'll be available And there are other players on this team Who are either on one-year deals Or glorified one-year deals They could be moved on from like that Two of the guys in this instance are guards Greg Van Roten, who came in here from Carolina last year And Alex Lewis, who is in his second year as a Jet Talk to me about some of the players that you'd like to see the Jets move on from and some of the ones that you'd like to see stick
1: around. Get rid of the guards. Alex Lewis, cool. See you later. You weren't (laughs) terrible. See you later. Greg Van Roen, it breaks my heart because I know I think he grew up in Long Island and he's a diehard Jets fan. And as a Jets fan, it's always cool to get like a Jet fan player. Sorry, adios. Um definitely get rid of the guards. I, I, I would like to bring Brian Poole back. He's I mean, I know we got him on a great deal last year. And um, you know, he helped us in the slot. Um, but yeah, we definitely gotta get rid of the guards for sure. They they were just bad. I I saw a rumor today that supposedly we're interested in the uh Green Bay Center. Uh I forget his name. But uh, I guess the premise is we we if this is true, since this regime barely has any leaks, it seems we'd move Connor McGovern to guard, which is a very interesting idea to me.
0: I'm kind of excited for that. Certainly within the realm of possibility, since Connor McGovern did play guard before he moved to center in Denver, so it could happen if they're able to get Corey Lindsley. From Green Bay, who is one of the best centers in the league We'll have to stay tuned and see what happens there But I want to talk about the guy that's going to be writing all the checks That's Woody Johnson, he just came back Before that He ceded control of the team to his brother, Christopher Johnson, while he was gone. Now Christopher Johnson is going to be number two in the pecking order. What did you think of the Christopher Johnson era? I know they didn't do well record-wise, but I was curious what you thought about how he handled things. And then what are your thoughts on Woody coming back? Do you have strong feelings one way or the other?
1: I I initially did. I was kind of nervous about it. Um, But I I guess this is kind of tied to the Woody thing, and I can address the Chris thing, is that I think we all know by now the Jets kind of pay attention to chatter more than some other teams in the league. And I think, you know, it's kind of up for debate, but I think they know via Joe Douglas, people are respecting us a lot more, especially I think I think the coaching hiring cycle really kind of solidified that, that we were able to pull in pretty much the hottest NFL candidate. Um, and I don't, I hope, Woody's not gonna meddle as much because I think maybe the one good thing that was done underneath the Chris Johnson era is we got what seems to be a very respectable GM for the first time in a decade. Um, in terms of Chris, obviously, I mean, just a massive, massive, massive lack of awareness of hiring Adam Gase. It's almost unbelievable. It's 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 shocking and and sometimes I question um what it's like being that rich. I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh you know, but but yeah, I don't think Woody's gonna meddle. I think I think he's gonna let Joe cook. I think he's gonna let Joe cook, man. Especially I heard they uh in the presser they're changing um the uh The way things are reported, you know, it's not just the GM and the coach both going to the owner. It's the coach going to the GM now going to the owner, which I know a lot of people have been complaining about um, since the Johnsons took over the team. If Joe Douglas is allowed
0: to cook, hopefully he makes some tasty meals. And that's what I want to get to last. OC, when we have this conversation again next year, where do you think the Jets are going to be at? Are you going to be talking to me with a big grin on your face? All happy. Or are you going to be sad like you
1: were when we talked last year? Oh, uh, man, I, I think we'll probably finish like, I don't, it really all depends. If we get Deshaun, I think we'll probably finish 500, you know, eight and eight or whatever. Can we even finish 500 now? Because there's like an extra game. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even think that's possible. Um, but I think we'll be somewhere around there. I think if if we get. It's also like on the flip side, I can also see us and this might be very optimistic, but I can also see us finishing close to that if we draft a rookie and the rookie excels because we may have a late one. We may have a two from the Darnold thing. And I mean, we have two first round draft picks and we have a boatload of money in a rare year where Guys are gonna go for cheap, solid, above average starters are gonna go for cheap. Um, we can turn this team around like rather quickly. This can be a massive franchise de- defining offseason. Frankly, there's really nothing stopping it from being. We we have a lot of things working um in our favor right now, which is really weird to say as a Jets fan. <laughs> you know, that's just the truth. And uh it's all about execution, though. You know, we got to let Joe cook and, and see what see what he makes us.
0: As I always say, John Idzik had a plan, and it was a good plan. He just couldn't execute it at all, and that's why he failed. I don't know what Mike McCagnon's plan was or if he ever had one, but now we'll see if Joe Douglas can execute because his plan seems pretty clear. It's just a matter of now if he can cash in his chips And get to where he needs to get to. And get the Jets to where they need to get to. And that is what we are going to find out. Predominantly over the next couple of months. It's going to take a couple of years. But this is going to be an enormous offseason for Joe Douglas. He already made his first big decision hiring Robert Sala. And now we get to the next big decision. Which will be what happens at quarterback. Then you've got free agency. The draft and so on and so forth. So this is going to be a situation. That we are all going to watch. With Bated breath over the next couple of weeks and months And OC, I'm glad that you could join the show to talk about What you think the Jets should do this offseason On cue, a pleasure as always, sir Thank you for coming on And thank you for supplying the awesome music at the end of the show Which we're going to hear in a minute or two But before we get to that song Let's talk about how fans can interact with you And how they can listen to your music Hit you up on social media How can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so it's on O-N-C-U-E, one word. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. If you search it on Instagram, I'll come up right away. You'll see the blue check across all social media. Um, everywhere, you can get the music everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, everywhere. Um, everywhere you consume music and or videos, I am there. So, uh, yeah, I'm just a Jets fan. Just like the rest of you listening. Um, You know, and I care about this team and and unfortunately I care about this team. So I'm just hoping we turn this thing around, you know,
0: we all are OC. We all are. By the way, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of 3 a.m. playing in the background. As I remind everybody that if they like the show, if they could do us a favor and leave us a five star review on iTunes would be much appreciated. It's an easy way to help us out. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to boost the show. So if you could do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and PlayLikeAJet.com.